0: Everyone, welcome to the Twitter space. I'm gonna invite Jamin to co host or to speak, maybe a little easier. But uh, yeah, guys, I apologize for the noise. I'm currently walking to work in a blizzard, but let's see if Jamin got that speaker. Hey, Jamin, what's up? Welcome. Hey, Fabian,
1: how's your off season, man?
0: Good, good, you know, interesting uh, to say the least because it, it was a little bit almost time to hit the panic button, but I know you said. You know, we shouldn't uh, panic just yet. I said, I said don't. I said don't. Yeah, yeah sure. don't, don't hit the panic button. But, yeah, no, exciting stuff, especially coming out of
1: what we thought was a, you know, bare-bones roster.
0: But now it kind of looks like we're rounding out the whole roster. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's coming along, and it's, it's, it's what I thought. We, it was, you know, the draft is a place where Chris Leach actually feels very confident, very comfortable um, and it's a place where he's going to add to this team. And look, the the thing that everyone has to keep in mind is that there's a MLS Pro next second team that also has to be filled out. So I don't quite know if we're going to hear about every single player that's added you know to the to the second team as well, but you have to get players now that you think can be you know on the bubble between that second team and that first team, have players that prospects that you think can make that move and you give them a space in which they can prove themselves first. So I'm really excited to kind of just see over the next couple months, how this all kind of plays out. Um, And I'm, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that we'll get a chance maybe to talk to Chris Leach a little bit more and try to understand those things. Look, there's still moves to be made. There's still player signings that need to happen before the season starts. You don't want to come in with a full roster to begin with. You want to have space to add players as you kind of see, where this team goes and i think they added players in areas of need today and opportunistically with buddha you know got a player that i don't think they expected to get that kind of fell to them in the a spot
0: yeah no it's definitely exciting when you see the player that everybody knew coming out of college and even the player that mls was kind of pushing out to us like hey maybe this guy's the next daryl dk or or buchanan and, and drop all the way to eight uh and there might be a couple of reasons why that happened and uh I'm going to go ahead and bring on Ivan as well. Ivan is my co-host on Jatotic Takes. And uh, Ivan, what do you think of the draft before we kind of go into the reasoning? Just first
2: thoughts. Uh, hey, thank you for uh, having me, Fabi. And hello to everyone who's listening. So I have so many thoughts about the draft. Some of the big headlines uh, was um, three Canadians draft in the first round, which is a big deal in what could be another big year for Canada. Um Quakes had two first-round selections, which is a big deal, especially in this kind of draft where, if we're being honest, compared to, say, the NFL or the NBA draft, the drafts aren't as deep as we would hope that they can be in the future. So that is a big way for us to improve the squad, having those two first-round selections. But I'm also intrigued by our late draft pick as well. So there's still a lot to be excited about. And with MLS 2... And there's going to be opportunities for all these players to get game time uh, in one way or another.
0: Yeah, so guys, if you if you end up missing half of this Twitter space or if you have to go, it'll be recorded, so it'll be up on our YouTube. Uh, Jamin, I forgot to introduce you. I know everybody here knows who you are, but uh, this is Jamin Moore from Quake's Episode. Or do you want to say anything before we get started?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I, if, if you don't know who I am by now, you're probably better off not knowing who I am.
0: So, yeah. <laughs> exactly, and uh, we actually have another special guest here. Um, you guys probably all know him, he's just as you know, just as big as all of us here. His name is Dom, and we have Dom from Quakes After 90. And I know Dom is a very big personality when it comes to Twitter and for Quake stuff, so I want to see his opinion. Dom, are you there?
3: Yeah, I, I'm here. Thank you for uh, having me on in, in the short notice. I apologize. Um, I'm only here for a little bit because I'm, I'm in between work meetings, such as life, of, of working from home. But uh, nowhere as close as big as y'all are. I'm just happy to be a part of the conversation. Thanks.
0: Yeah, so I appreciate all you guys for joining. I know Jamin has, has to be here quickly as well. Uh, Jamin, since we're kind of going pretty quick, do you want to say anything about why Chris Leach went with these options?
1: Well, I think, uh, I think Buddha, uh, Asani Buddha, if any, for anyone who doesn't know, uh, the, uh, the Quakes were able to get him at the number eight spot. Uh, he's, uh, he's a winger slash uh, striker uh, for uh, Stanford, um, has some really nice college numbers, creative player, um, gets a lot of expected assists, a lot of assists, um, even for someone who's playing the striker position quite a bit. So he's a creative player. Um, and it's really, you know, interesting because you, you could see him fitting in kind of nicely underneath the Jeremy Bobacy in a, like a second forward uh, type option as well, uh, which is not really something that uh, that I don't think he, he did much at Stanford. But I'd be very interested to see something like that. Um, I didn't actually get to see him a lot of Stanford, but I've been trying to catch up on video, certainly looking a lot at his uh, stats and numbers today. Um, and uh, but, you know, that was the move. But that was opportunistic. Um, I feel like the reason that they made the move that they did uh, you know, at, at 13 in getting uh, Oscar Agron was because that was probably the player that they were targeting to begin with. I don't know that for certain, but I have good reason to feel that that was the player that they wanted to get because we all know they need center backs. Uh, they only have two center backs that uh, are not named Casey Walls. And it's important for for them to be able to have some depth at that position. I don't think it's the last center back they're going to get. I think they will go out and try to get another uh, veteran center back before the season. But, uh, you know, it was looking pretty thin there. And that was a move that they needed to make was to get somebody that they felt could potentially, in an injury situation at least, be able to come in and be fairly productive from the beginning. Well, you know, who better than, uh, you know, a national championship player who really was the anchor for uh for clemson uh in that season and looking at some of his defensive numbers now defensive counting stats you always take them with a grain of salt but man for a national champion he was he was picking up down the stretch in some of those uh those uh, uh tournament games 12 interceptions a game i mean those are huge numbers those are better than jutsen type numbers now whether you can replicate that at an MLS level different question but, you know, the, the counting stats on this guy are pretty good. He's a pretty progressive passer. He passes at a really good clip, 88% for a center back. Decent. That's what you want to see uh, for a player coming in. So there's a lot to like about him, and I can, I can see why the Quakes, you know, would want to get him. And so, you know, pretty aggressive move for, for Chris Leach to trade um, 100K in Gam and uh, a second-round pick in order to be able to get the player – that uh, that they wanted so honestly I feel a, a really good draft overall uh, they passed on the fourth pick I'm actually seeing now and and you know you know so maybe next my earlier comment they're seeing now from uh, David gas MLS uh, soccercom that um, uh, a draft today does not guarantee rights for MLS next pro so that's probably why the quakes decided to pass on the final pick of the day but they also got a right back um, and, uh, you know, uh, in the in the third round and, uh, you know, overall, I think it's about as good as you as quicks fans could have potentially expected. Uh, given the, given the starting position today, you know, if they didn't trade up for one of the top spots, this, this is the best outcome.
0: Yeah. It, and I thought that I thought that trade uh, for the 13th pick in the draft was a little bit of an aggressive one. Like you said, I thought of paying 100 100 K gam was a lot. But later on for the 26th pick. Nashville actually paid about 175000 for a pick. So it was a great deal of business because we didn't overpay for that price. And if he was the player that we were looking for already,
3: then it's a great
0: pick in my opinion. Uh, I've I, I got to believe. Oh, Dom,
3: go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, if I can just interject on, on this topic, i got to believe that the Quakes were probably having conversations uh, about moving up to go ahead and, and make their defender pick two as well, because, you know, we talk about Nashville's trade that they made and how much they just paid. Uh, That was for Longmere, who was seen as one of the best uh, center back options in a pretty solid pool, I would go ahead and say. Um, Just looking at all the different mock drafts and and taking a look at videos this past couple of weeks at some of the center back options for Quig's purposes and then just across the league. um, A lot of people had Longmere, who Nashville went to go ahead and and make that trade for. Uh, pretty much in that, like, top three, top five, which could also, you know, be said the same about uh Buda as well. Like, the, the Quakes actually went out and were pretty aggressive, in my opinion, seeing a guy fall down to them and, and a in, in, in a position, a, in a pick that uh I don't think many expected at all, but injuries happened, for example, right? And in Longmare, same situation, injuries happened. So, for Chris to go out there and say, OK, guys are, are making the are, are willing to teams are, are willing to go ahead and pay that price to go ahead and get their defender, um, him pulling that trigger and moving up to perhaps get the guy that they originally wanted or just seeing how things were trending and, and said we got to make a move and we have the space to do so. I, I gotta agree with Jamin there that the the tactics within this draft are something uh, that I'm really happy about. Uh, the seriousness in which this draft is being taken this year under Chris is something I'm happy about because I just feel like a lot of people uh, for a number of seasons now have just written off the super draft and seen it as a place where you may hit on on a on a you know you may strike gold every once in a while, but for the most part it's. It's barren. I feel like that's been the attitude for a number of people within the organization. Uh, that's including fans and then also around the league as a whole. So uh, we as Quakes fans, uh, those of us who are at games in and out, in, in and out, uh, week in and week out, we know the power of the super draft here. So I hope people are starting to open their eyes and see the potential of, of being aggressive like today and what that could uh, turn out for the for the club going forward.
1: If I can jump in there Dom, Go ahead, to yeah. the 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 reason this is changing we saw four uh, you know front and center today for the Quicks notice two international players and of course now right. the Quicks have a lot of international slots here's what people don't know right now about college soccer that uh, we're we're going to help help everyone understand it, this is becoming NCAA Is becoming the spot for international players who are bubble professional players and want a backup plan of a college education and their parents want that for them as well they come to the United States you're going to see more and more of these international players being taken in these drafts so if you're if you're worried about the Quakes taking using international slots field take a couple players I'm gonna tell you right now this is an opportunity this is not a, a, a problem. It's it's easy to get international spots in MLS. The Quakes have plenty of them. They're not going to use all of them. And they also got two players, but the players who are here for college already, you've seen the problems that the Quakes have converting players to green cards. These players coming out of NCAA are not going to be a big issue to convert to green cards in the next year or two. It's, it's, not, it's a non-issue. And so this is a, the Quicks are taking advantage of a market opportunity in the way I look at it right now.
3: Yeah. Got to agree. And we got, we got rid of so much dead weight that that we're taking up those international spots last season too, as well. It's a non-factor for them to go ahead and go grab two guys in the super draft that just have potential and in key positions that we need depth in at the end of the day.
0: I apologize. And, I totally agree with you guys. I think we definitely for Buddha hopped on an opportunity to pick up a player that even MLS was pushing forward to all of us, like, hey, you know, spoon feeding us media by Buddha because they're like, hey, this guy can be the next Daryl DK. So it's definitely exciting to, to I personally think to get the most exciting player out of the draft because he's the flashiest player and he played right in her backyard. But Ivan, I want to get your kind of thoughts on thank you guys for your takes. I wanna see, Ivan, what do you think about this roster and how do you think this lineup's gonna look? So to
2: that, I, I do want to add on some of the points that were take, uh, already said, and that MLS is the perfect league for fans of soccer who want to learn about different leagues beyond the traditional Big Five or Big Four in Europe, because good players can come from anywhere. You can get someone like Carlos Vela, who does well in this league, who had so much fanfare. You can also have players succeed, such as Bradley Wright Phillips who wasn't even the most well-known Wright Phillips before coming to MLS. He played in the lower tiers of England. So with that mindset, you you can appreciate the MLS Super Draft as well because you're not just looking for players that come out of the academies or come from transfers to other MLS or USL clubs or from Europe or wherever because there are still some good players that can come out of college. And I think it's about being open-minded and it's about using every – a tool that you have to succeed in MLS because as we saw in last season, some of the biggest spenders, they didn't even make playoffs last season. So there's more than one way to succeed. But with the need to uh, fill out the roster, it didn't make me wonder because – uh, the Quakes had a uh, f- fourth round compensatory pick. I might butcher that word, but they passed on it. And w- I'm wondering if any of you speakers here have any insights to why that might be instead of at least, you know, giving another player ch- a chance, at least for
1: the uh, y- y- uh, two side. Well, I think, I think that's why David Gass mentioned that. So apparently uh, according to what David Gas just reported, that players drafted today teams do not retain automatically retain their rights for MLS Next Pro, which is the second team. So okay. uh that that that's probably why they passed on the fourth pick. So if there's a player if there's the only players that are available out there they don't think are
0: Hello Jamin. I think you cut out a bit um, we're gonna wait for him to come back, guys. If you could take the second to go ahead and retweet and like this space to get all those quake fans in here, because I I want to
3: make sure everybody hears this. Um,
0: Dom, are you still there by any chance? Or Jamie? yeah,
3: I'm still here. I was I was uh, listening to uh, to Jamin, but I think he he had fallen off. <laughs> no
0: yeah, uh, yeah. If you want to go ahead and kind of, I want to get your take on what you see this
3: lineup looking like.
0: Ivan will go after you then when Jamin comes back. But yeah, if you can give us your take on the lineup.
3: I think what everybody is looking to hear is how do these new selections uh, slot into the team, right? And if we are still going to be underneath Matias uh, for another season, then the reality is is that they're going to have to earn their playing time just as everyone else has in the past. Um, some people may not be a fan of that, and others may be a huge fan of that. I myself am a fan personally. I think that it makes guys have to work uh, pretty hard in practice to show that they have earned the right to go ahead and even get sub minutes. And that can be frustrating when we when we look at the past and we think about um, some of the players who have been subbed in or who have gotten starts over some of our youth. But it is a different team now um, as we're moving forward underneath Chris uh, with some of that dead weight gone, and we have to look forward to the future. So if having a youth injection in this manner – in terms of competition on that training pitch is is going to help us move forward in that. Then I'm on for it. Um, with with uh, in terms of in terms of depth though, as we're starting to look on that on that right side, I think we're pretty solid on on the attacking front. I think you, you go ahead and you grab a guy who wasn't supposed to fall down to the eighth slot, um, who played in your backyard at Stanford, um, who has a a, a track record of goals from when he was. In high school, all the way to playing his two years in Stanford, and, and I want to I want to make this apparent to you as well. When he was at Stanford last year, he actually turned down a Generation's Adidas contract um, and did not enter the draft. So this is the second go round actually, and the Quakes were able to go ahead and land him. So this is somebody who's been on the radar of other clubs. Uh, for some time. So you should there should be some excitement around Buddha. He said he wants to go ahead and finish school too as well. So there's some additional motivation there. But that's a piece of the game of these guys coming out of Stanford and such that that I enjoy because they they're high-level thinkers. Uh, we've seen it similar to Tanner Beeson. A lot of folks like the decision-making of Beeson for that reason. These are guys who are coming out of institutions that have a ton of resources, um, not just on the educational side, but also for them to go ahead and develop the game the way that they see the game when they're out there on the pitch. Um, so he's coming into – he's not he's not going to be, in my opinion – Uh, nervous, he's not going to be in a situation that he's never been in before. You know, you got to hold yourself to a certain stature when you're playing at a Stanford compared to, you know, some other school in the middle of nowhere, right? Um, So that's where we're getting, you know, with with a guy like Buddha, who I feel is going to be able to slot right into this team and really just fight for a spot, um, you know, through training, through practice um, to see if he is ready for that next level or if it might be a situation that he goes and plays for the reserve team. I don't see a guy like Buddha uh um being in that being in that conversation. I actually think that he's gonna be more of depth rotationally. Um, but it starts to, in terms of team makeup, it starts to it, it starts to bring up some questions in terms of just, like, what happens to guys like Haji, for example, right? Like, yeah. what happens to those fringe players who are still fighting for a role on this team and, and how do these folks go ahead and slot in? What happens to a Tommy Thompson who's been playing out of position for a number of different years and may want to get himself back into the midfield if you have some additional depth here, right? Um, I think it's all positive. Uh, just taking a look at it just, you know, from these – from these short couple of hours, <laughs> I haven't yeah, been able to go ahead and do a deep dive into the roster and say, no like to go ahead and be here, be there. Um, but for me, just off the top of my head, as, I, as I'm thinking about it, you know, we haven't always seen production out of our DP level players, and it's opened the door for other guys to step in and make some impactful moments on the season like we saw previously, right? We've got our Bosnian, for example, who stepped in and stepped up when we had some injuries right. on that front line, who performed amazing um, to some folks for for the what little time that he played, and really showed that he can be a rotational player for us if we if we need him to go ahead and, and do so. Um, so for me, you know, add in depth in, in in this round for for the for the draft stop that we did. I'm hoping that these guys can both come in and just be that rotational depth, which I think we can all agree on as we've looked at the roster. For the past two seasons, that's been missing at the MLS level, right? So, uh, if Chris is going to be building a team where we have some youth included, where we have some MLS vets, yeah. we have guys who already understand this system and have been on this team, and so they're just going to get better within it, I think we're starting to look at a, a way more balanced uh, team structure than we've had in the past, where folks won't have to moan and groan about the uh, folks taking up international slots and not performing for almost a mill a season. Right. We'll have some youth to, to do that instead.
0: And I wanted to add on a little bit before Jamin goes in here. Um, When you were talking about the different stature of these uh, Stanford players coming in, when we were on the press conference, me, Jamin, and Alex, Morgan included, he had this poise that I I couldn't believe for someone that just got drafted. And he was like PR refined. I don't know if Jamin can talk about that. But, yeah, he seemed like he was already a professional and he already knew those things. Jamin, do you have a comment on... Uh, Buddha's press conference.
3: Do we have Jamin back here?
0: Looks like, Jamin, we can't hear you. Maybe you are muted. But um, if you want to go ahead, Ivan, talk about the roster. There is minutes to be won. Uh, Carlos Fierro's minutes, Juan's yes. minutes, they're all sure minutes thing. to be won.
2: Yeah. Go ahead, Ivan. Go ahead. Ivan, the go ahead. So I counted, the, I counted the players, and if you were to include their late-round selection, um, then we would have 26 players on the roster so far. So, additions during this offseason, of course, Jan Grey Goose, our three draft picks today, and Richmond, who is a homegrown player. So, that will help us out with the depth. It was looking very thin as we approached this off offseason with many players we were expecting to say goodbye to, and some, maybe a couple that we thought, hmm, maybe we could have hung out around to this person for one more season. But overall, I think that in terms of players that you'd expect to improve the starting 11, the only one that you can really put that kind of expectations on so far is Jan Grey Goose. So with that being said, yeah. if you're a Quakes fan, you still hope for a signing or two more before the season starts at most. You know, this is San Jose. We're not going to go on a huge shopping spree FIFA career mode (laughs) style and get six new players. But it's going to be interesting to see what the next move is. Mm -hmm. And I think I still want to see a right back still. Uh, I think if Mm -hmm. we can get a right back that, you know, uh, Abacassi hasn't really filled – didn't fill that void that Nick Lima left – um, and while Paul Murray and Tommy Thompson are capable of playing in that role for a few games, I think if you want to improve this roster, that's the next place to do it.
0: Yeah, no, I, def- I definitely agree. And I, I want to tell the Quakes fans that are worried about Buda, Benji Kakanovich and Cade Cal and Haji all getting minutes. They all will. Um, with with the absence of Carlos Vieira, which got a lot of minutes and then Wondolowski, who got a lot of minutes. Everybody's going to have a piece uh Jamin, if you're back let me know i would love to have you speak
1: i think i'm i think i'm able to talk now yep wasn't, wasn't able to talk before not sure what happened there <laughs> um yeah I, no i i agree with the uh, with the points about uh, his voice today on the call too i thought buddha uh really showed a lot of poise and he, he was uh he was able to take any any question we asked he gave nice detailed answers you know as someone who does you know a lot of the post game press conferences and midweek press conferences Fabian you'll appreciate like you know getting a player who will actually give you uh, a little bit you know yeah, no, definitely <laughs> to, to to work from is really important when you get those like you know 15 second answers it's difficult yeah. to actually turn that into any any sort of content for the fans but um i think he's he's going to be uh, one of the people that the fans are really going to to connect with him in some ways you know, kind of like the way that the fans have connected with Haji. Um, you know, it's a, he's, he's got that creative spark, that excitement um, that uh, I think fans are really going to enjoy. I'm a slightly concerned that he's going to end up moving ahead of Haji in the depth chart, just when Haji looked like he was going to potentially get that opportunity with Fierro stepping aside. Um, and, and the same thing with Will Richmond, because he's also a winger. But, uh, you know, let preseason sort it out. Let's see, let's see who the best uh, players are. And uh, it's a long season. And one thing I think we've learned about this team over the last few years is that the answers don't reveal themselves on day one. I mean, probably many of us didn't see Benji Kukanovich, you know, finishing the season as the top left winger in, in the team and as the, uh, the biggest uh, creative attacking threat. Right. Uh, but that's exactly, you know, what we saw down the stretch. And, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing these players and, and seeing how they perform up against the players that are already in the roster. And, uh, you know, this team needs attacking threats. It needs to score more goals and it needs, a, you know, it needs more help on the defensive side. I I agree with Ivan. They need the, that right back, that steady right back that they can depend on. Uh, on the left, like they're, you know, have the ability uh, to depend on Marcos Lopez, you know, on on the left. They need that right uh, player on the right. So, it's going to take all of that in order to for this team to turn things around from a goal differential side and and uh, get into the playoffs, particularly with Nashville coming over to the West.
0: Oh, yeah. Nashville's in the West now. That just makes the West a lot harder. Uh, a lot harder. Totally forgot about that. Um, and they're a proven MLS team that make the playoffs, and now we have to deal with Hanny. So definitely, wow, exciting. Um, I want to talk a little bit about how Buddha was a fan of the Earthquakes before. Um, Ivan, I'll let you go in right after, but how Buddha went ahead and talked about how he went to go see Quakes games all the times and how Buddha would see the, the, how do you say the overhang that the players walk on and how he thought that was the coolest thing in the world and how Buddha loved the fans. So it's, it's really a match made in heaven, having this person that was a fan before become a player. And it's such a nice story and it's such a, you know, it gives you something to root for. Ivan, do you have any thoughts?
2: Yes, so I wanted to say a few things. Um, First thing I thought of was uh, one thing that we didn't touch on yet about these draft picks, along with the great thing about, you know, Buddha's connection to the club, is how all these draft picks are going to know at least one person as a college teammate. Buddha with his Stanford teammates, uh, Richmond and Beeson, and we drafted two defenders out of Clemson. So chemistry-wise, I think that that could be very helpful even if it only shows up in the training ground if they're not playing a lot of minutes that is going to help build at this culture that San Jose Quicks really has a good culture I think that's one of the best parts about this uh club is that players like Ebobise were able to join in mid-season and they felt right at home so I think that will only continue to bolster that and you know, This is kind of a bit of a tidbit for anyone else here who is a geography nerd like me. A few more flags to add to your quakes question, uh, with uh, Sweden, Slovakia, and Burkina Faso So, with the uh, off-season additions. For those of you who like that, there you go.
0: And that's something to actually keep an eye on, too, for international breaks. Because now we have three guys who hopefully become part of the national team picture once they start getting minutes for the quakes. Um, let's wrap this up a little bit. Let's start with Dom. I know you're on a little bit of a time slot, but do you have any closing oh, good. thoughts? Go ahead. Dom? Yeah, go
3: ahead. Yeah, I'm here. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Dude. Ask your question.
0: <laughs> oh, no, no worries. Uh, do you have any closing thoughts?
3: Oh, yeah. I was just going to say, um, you know, that, that club connection, it's. it's um, We we have Stanford, we have Cal, and we have UCLA, which are considered some of the clubs in our own backyard, right? And so uh, Santa Clara is right there too as well. Um, But you know, when we talk about getting people excited to come play for this club and the connection that they have of being fans, potentially, you know, previous to them joining in a situation like this, um, you know, it's 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 good to see those guys to hear that those guys like Buddha. Have experienced some of the highs and lows of the club from a fan's perspective, right? Because now you get to come into this club and you get to make an impact, um, and, and I feel like that's just a motivating factor, you know, for someone being on the opposite side and then coming in to join the club instead of, you know, being from the Midwest and and have never had an experience with the San Jose Earthquakes or the fan base and seeing what it's like here, right? So uh, for me, it's a positive that he was there at Stanford, that he has some additional teammates that he can lean on and, and get comfortable with um, when he came over um, to the United States, he was out there playing in New York. Um, and so coming, coming from New York all the way over to Palo Alto, to the Bay area, to Silicon Valley. I knew that had to be a bit of an adjustment. So let's yeah, hope okay. that he's, that he's properly adjusted now and, and ready for this life. But I, I hope that, you know, you know, having these types of connections and, and having additional teammates and such that we can start seeing, more people be excited for playing for the quakes when they do get drafted or as we go into free agency being excited about playing in this region the the club and and the the players on the pitch have to do a better job at getting people excited about the earthquakes in the bay because this is not a small region this is a this is a major region within sports within all of sports and I really just want to get us out of this small club mentality and really start representing the area in the way that we should no definitely and
0: it was nice today like i'm
3: going to say this again seeing mls finally push something that's quakes
0: related right because we drafted uh buddha so it was nice seeing them finally you know throw out some quakes love uh before we get into the closing thoughts i I want to go ahead and ask everybody to go ahead and follow all of us speakers here today we appreciate all you guys for listening this will be up on youtube hopefully in the next couple of days if you missed it or if your friends missed it so please let them know uh any closing thoughts before we go?
1: No, I, uh, I. I mean, I. I'm excited to kind of see uh, how the draft went today. Um, Chris Leach did what I thought Chris Leach would do, which was take a pretty aggressive approach to it and really take it seriously. And you know, I think this is going to be, you know, a tool for the team going forward in order to be able to. Uh, you know, compete in MLS with the, the you know, kind of the constraints that, that this team has to compete with. And uh, these are going to, I believe, be MLS quality players that he picked today. He picked players that seem like they are ready to go uh, to be able to make contributions. And uh, we'll, we, we, know, a little bit less about, about the, the other right back out of Clemson, uh, John Martin, I think it was, if I caught the name right. But um you know, it's uh, it's going to be interesting now with preseason starting to, to see how this all uh, shakes out. And uh, I'm excited to uh, cover, you know, these changes as they're happening. And and now with uh, the signing of Krikus as well and a new homegrown and uh, kind of expecting probably another homegrown signing uh, in the next week or so. Um, it, it, it's, this team is the roster is starting to come together. I want to see, still see a couple more veterans coming in um in uh, certain positions you know I still think they need that right back and, and they probably need a veteran center back at a bare minimum um and then once you get into the season you start to look at those windows to to look at um attacking talent but I think their position okay on the attacking side right now if the way they started the season from an attacking side is who they have now I'm I'm okay with that central midfield I'm okay with it um where I think we've need to see a little bit more work still is on the defensive side of the ball because this team really needs to improve about 10 goals on the defensive side. Yeah, no, definitely. They can still use some improvements on the defensive side, especially
0: uh, we don't know if Paul Marie or Tommy Thompson can take over that right back or the new draftee. Um, Before we get to Ivan's closing thoughts, uh, I want to go ahead and tell everybody, make sure you check out quakes after 90 and quakes epicenter Uh, quakes after 90 is the podcast that Dom is on and Phil, Phil, as well and Quake's Epicenter is another podcast you guys all probably know about it where Jamin's on, Alex Morgan and Phil as well and I'll call NetNire so please go ahead and follow those accounts as well and I in any closing thoughts before we wrap all this up I want to thank everybody again, thank you
2: Ivin, you there? So my closing thoughts is that the bar has been set, both the 49ers and the Raiders, even though Raiders are not in the Bay Area, their fans still are made the playoffs, So Warriors are setting the bar in a way, I don't expect the Quakes to reach, but still, the Bay Area sports, you know, demands a certain level of commitment and success. And the Quakes, you know, maybe this, we say this every season, but if starting to feel like there's some positivity and some excitement building ahead of 2022. And if you blink, you might just miss the rest of the off season because we start on February 26th, a month and a half from now, and this season goes on until October 9th. And if we're lucky, uh MLS Cup final is November 5th, you know, which is just a few weeks before the World Cup. So this is going to be a big year for soccer, hopefully a big year for San Jose Earthquakes as well. And thank you all for joining us.
0: Yeah, thank you guys all for joining us. And that will be it from us today. All I want to say is go Quakes. And thank you for all the speakers for joining me today, guys. We appreciate all your love. And, and go Quakes.
1: Go Quakes. For sure, thanks for having me. Real quick. Thanks, everyone. Take care.